Welcome back to The Daily Poem. I'm David Kern, and today is Wednesday, September 9th, 2020. Glad to be back today after a couple of days off. Took off uh, Monday and Tuesday of this Labor Day week, but I am glad to be back to bring you uh, three more poems this week and then back to a normal schedule next week or as close to one as we can we can muster here. Uh, today's poem is by an American poet. Uh, she was quite popular in the 20s and 30s. Her name is Eleanor Wiley, Eleanor Morton Wiley. She was born September 7th, 1885, so this is the... Uh, anniversary of her birthday this week. My Labor Day was uh, her birthday. She lived to December 16th, 1928. According to Wikipedia, she was, quote, famous during her life almost as much for her ethereal beauty and personality as for her melodious, sensuous poetry. That may be true, but today we are going to focus on one of those melodious poems, and it's called Wild Peaches. It's a little bit long, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, read it to you, and if we have time, I'll, I'll read it a second time after sharing some comments. But it goes like this. One. When the world turns completely upside down, you say we'll immigrate to the eastern shore aboard a riverboat from Baltimore. We'll live among wild peach trees miles from town. You'll wear a coonskin cap and I a gown, a homespun, dyed butternut's dark gold color. Lost like your lotus-eating ancestor, we'll swim in milk and honey till we drown. The winter will be short, the summer long, the autumn amber-hued, sunny and hot, tasting of cider and of scuppernung. All seasons sweet, but autumn best of all. The squirrels in their silver fur will fall like falling leaves, like fruit before you're shot. Two. The autumn frosts will lie upon the grass like bloom on grapes of purple, brown, and gold. The misted early mornings will be cold. The little puddles will be roofed with glass. The sun, which burns from copper into brass, melts these at noon and makes the boys unfold their knitted mufflers, full as they can hold fat pockets dribble chestnuts as they pass. Peaches grow wild, and pigs can live in clover. A barrel of salted herrings lasts a year. The spring begins before the winter's over. By February, you may find the skins of garter snakes and water moccasins dwindled and harsh, dead white and cloudy clear. 3. When April pours the colors of a shell upon the hills, when every little creek is shot with silver from the Chesapeake and shoals new minted by the ocean swell, when strawberries go begging and the sleek blue plums lie open to the blackbird's beak, we shall live well, we shall live very well. The months between the cherries and the peaches are brimming cornucopias which spill fruits red and purple, somber bloomed and black. Then, down rich fields and frosty river beaches, We'll trample bright persimmons while you kill bronze partridge, speckled quail, and canvasback. 4. Down to the Puritan marrow of my bones, there is something in this richness that I hate. I love the look, austere, immaculate, of landscapes drawn in pearly monotones. There is something in my very blood that owns bare hills, 
cold silver on a sky of slate, a thread of water churned to milky spate, streaming through slanted pastures fenced with stones. I love those skies, thin blue or snowy gray, those fields sparse planted, rendering meager sheaves. That spring, briefer than apple blossom's breath, summer so much too beautiful to stay, swift autumn like a bonfire of leaves, and sleepy winter like the sleep of death. So this poem, Wild Peaches, absolutely is uh, both melodious and uh, sensuous. <laughs> uh, the, the quote from that I read earlier mentions that her she was known for her ethereal beauty and personality as much for her melodious and sensuous poetry. This is a really interesting poem, and I recommend that you head over to Poetry Foundation because there's an essay there by Caitlin Kimball that was published back in 2011 called, um, it's just a poem guy, it's called Eleanor Wiley, Wild Peaches, with the subtitle, An Escape Leads a Young Poet to Confront Her Impulses. Now, I don't know what I think of that subtitle, but I do think that this essay is quite interesting. And if you want to get in deeper into this poem, then please do go check that out. If you just uh, Google this poem in the Poetry Foundation search bar, you'll find it. She points out that there are four Petrarchan sonnets uh, that compose this poem, and she calls them, quote, relentlessly musical, heaped with what critic Morton Dowen Zabel called the tray after tray of choice images that distinguish Wiley's work. They are delicious and the cadences hypnotic. She then goes on, the local color is vivid and correct throughout this poem, from the coonskin cap of the speaker's pioneer companion to the flora and fauna of the southeastern United States. She goes on to point out how the two characters' relocation from Baltimore to the wilds of coastal Maryland is deliberate and presumably romantic. But then she says, the scene takes an unsettling turn, because here Wiley alludes to Odysseus's fate-battered but noble adventurers and the exodus of the Israelites to the promised land as recounted in the Bible. End quote. And so the, the poem is about fleeing of all kinds. It might be fleeing away with, with, your, uh, with your lover, or it might be fleeing from some kind of imprisonment. It might be fleeing from a one-eyed monster or from the wrath of the gods. But she writes, quote, The upheaval that spurs the lover's desire to flee is ambiguous. Is it private or public? Just when and why will the world turn completely upside down? And further ahead, she says, as the poem continues to spill its bounty of sunshine, fruit, and wild game, hints of death and violence color the pastoral daydream. The rhythms and sounds remain languid, however, as the squirrels in their silver fur will fall like falling leaves, like fruit before you're shot. And jumping ahead, she says, so the speaker is free but un uneasy in this land of plenty, and she isn't even there yet. And the final sentence of the poem goes like this. Wild Peaches finds a lyric poet struggling to confront and transcend her inheritance in a rapidly changing landscape. It was a burden she shared with her modernist contemporaries. That's all I'm going to say for now because I do want to read it again and it is a little bit long. But I hope you'll go check out this uh, essay if you want to learn some more. It's uh, a good length to, to dive into this poem, especially if you'd like to teach it. And I do think it's one worth studying, especially with high school students or uh, you know other adults. I think it's worth memorizing for anybody, even if just in a few stanzas or a few lines. But let's read it one more time. This is how it goes. When the world turns completely upside down, 
you say will emigrate to the eastern shore aboard a riverboat from Baltimore. We'll live among wild peach trees, miles from town. You'll wear a coonskin cap, and I a gown homespun, dyed butternut's dark gold color. Lost like your lotus-eating ancestor, we'll swim in milk and honey till we drown. The winter will be short, the summer long, the autumn amber-hued, sunny and hot, tasting of cider and of scuppernung. All seasons sweet, but autumn best of all. The squirrels in their silver fur will fall like falling leaves, like fruit before you're shot. Two. The autumn frosts will lie upon the grass, like bloom on grapes of purple-brown and gold. The misted early mornings will be cold, the little puddles will be roofed with glass. The sun, which burns from copper into brass, melts these at noon and makes the boys unfold their knitted mufflers. Full as they can hold, fat pockets dribble chestnuts as they pass. Peaches grow wild and pigs can live in clover. A barrel of salted herrings lasts a year. The spring begins before the winter's over. By February, you may find the skins of garter snakes and water moccasins dwindled and harsh, dead white and cloudy clear. Three. When April pours the colors of a shell upon the hills, when every little creek is shot with silver from the Chesapeake in shoals new minted by the ocean swell, when strawberries go begging and the sleek blue plums lie open to the blackbird's beak, we shall live well, we shall live very well. The months between the cherries and the peaches are brimming cornucopias which spill fruits red and purple, somber bloomed and black. Then, down rich fields and frosty river beaches, will trample bright persimmons while you kill bronze partridge, speckled quail, and canvas back. 4. Down to the Puritan marrow of my bones, there's something in this richness that I hate. I love the look, austere, immaculate, of landscapes drawn in pearly monotones. There's something in my very blood that owns bare hills, cold silver on a sky of slate, a thread of water churned to milky spate, streaming through slanted pastures fenced with stones. I love those skies, thin blue or snowy gray, those fields sparse planted, rendering meager sheaves. That spring, briefer than apple blossom's breath, summer so much too beautiful to stay, swift autumn like a bonfire of leaves, and sleepy winter like the sleep of death. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you.